Inspired by Proverbs 27:17, this is Sharpening Kingdom Leaders with ACSI President and CEO, Dr. Larry Taylor. Hear inspiring stories from Christian school leaders from around the world and be challenged to continue running the race to advance Christ-centered education. Hi again, everybody. Welcome back to Sharpening Kingdom Leaders with Dr. Larry Taylor. I'm Josh Warden with ACSI. We hope that all four shows of the ACSI podcast have been helpful and equipping for you. If you haven't checked out those four, don't know how, go down to the episode description here. You'll see a link, but they're on the same spot on the ACSI YouTube page and on most major podcast platforms in audio form or video on the YouTube page. So you can check those out and hopefully be empowered every week. There'll be a new episode coming out of one of those four shows. Now in the second episode of Sharpening Kingdom Leaders, we'll continue to hear from Dr. Don Davis. This is the second and final part of this conversation with the head of school of Second Baptist School in Houston, Texas. We'll hear some of the leadership qualities that have been helpful for Dr. Davis and where we'll start is in Christ-centered educational deserts, areas of need, areas with not very much access for kingdom education. That's where Dr. Taylor and Dr. Davis will begin this second part of this conversation right here on Sharpening Kingdom Leaders. You guys, you don't know it, but you're, you're helping lead the way uh, and we're gonna be, uh, we're gonna need yeah. uh, you and uh, we're gonna need examples and models uh, that, uh, that we can point people and say, this is not impossible. This, this, right. this can be done. That's right. Um, in, in churches and schools of all sizes. So yeah. in our six campuses, we have a campus that has 40 students, and we have a campus with 1,225 students. And so, you know, pastors and, and school leaders need to hear this can be done at, at a lot of different sizes and, and um, in a lot of different ways, and, and that's critically important. Um, and so, you know, we'd, we'd love to help, you know, churches and schools think through expanding well, I appreciate that because you're you're yeah. gonna, I'm gonna be begging you to <laughs> do that. Um, I want to go back to something you said a little bit ago. Portrait of a graduate. Yes, sir. Um, and and I've always always felt that uh, you start with the end yeah. in mind, the the end goal. Stephen and, Covey. Uh, Stephen Covey, that's right. And there's nothing, ma we know there's nothing magical about Christian schools. We don't have any machines. When, when families walk through our doors that remove sin and remove, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. we, are, we are not perfect. That's right. Uh, uh, there's not a perfect head of school, perfect faculty, perfect whatever. But um, when, we, when, we, when we really talk about that portrait of a graduate, what we aspire to produce, you, you mentioned the, was it the three? Uh, Think critically, live biblically, and lead courageously. All right, can you just expound on that a little bit, like um, whether it's in a kindergarten class, a sixth grade, or 12th grade, maybe even with alumni, I don't know. How, how are you guys stroking that, that, that uh, canvas, that painting that portrait in practical ways that yeah. really remind your kids this is this is this is what we are aspiring you to embrace well what we've done we're in the process in every discipline in arts and athletics of take going from our portrait graduate and working back we're calling it what matters documents mm. and so those three key components of our portrait of graduate have sub layers in there of, of what we want to see in our each of our students and then we're building our curriculum backwards for every class at every grade 
to understand uh, how we do that. So when we uh, talk to a student about thinking critically, you know, in the early ages, as they're exploring the world, we're helping them ask questions, make connections mm. uh, about even the world that they live in when they're at recess. How are we asking them uh, the questions that help them think about the world and to come to conclusions on their own? Uh, because really it's a filter, thinking critically is thinking about what you're thinking about. Yeah. And right now we consume so much information. And so for the youngest ages, ask, asking them great questions. We write, we have a, a document that helps parents understand how to help in the home a child think critically about the world around them. And then I think, you know, live biblically, what we do is every, everywhere along the way, uh, we believe that uh, God's way is the best way. We say that to our students a lot. And so as we talk about substance abuse, as we talk about choices that we make, we take them from the, the, the point of that choice to the arc of their life and how making choices according to God's plan. He wrote the playbook. He's given us the playbook, how it's going to impact their yeah. lives. And that's really important. And leading courageously, you know, we're in the, in the day and age that we live, we cannot raise students to just be followers. Mm. They have to be able to stand on God's truth, know what they believe. That's and good. so from early ages, we uh, instill in them the confidence that uh, they can know truth. Mm. And that truth is on their side, facts are on their side. And so they can have the confidence in that. Um, and uh, Jim Tour is a renowned, world-renowned professor at Rice University. Mm -hmm and he was preparing for a recent debate against an atheist. And Dr. Young and I were visiting with him in his preparation of like, okay, Dr. Tor, how, you know, what's the strategy? Yeah. And he said, guys, if I could just keep them on the facts, if we can just stay focused on the science, I'll win every time. Yeah. And that's where we are as Christians right now. Yeah. We have the facts and the truth on our side, so we can lead courageously. We can stand with courage. Uh, and so from the early, earliest ages all the way through, we've tried to work backwards from our portrait of a graduate, be really I intentional. That. I love that. You know, I'm seeing the, the uh, coach, Don <laughs> Davis, come out right now. Um, and we both have a coaching background. I really believe something you said, confidence, um, I asked a friend of mine one time who is a, uh, uh, an evangelist, goes around the world. I said, what, you know, his name's Larry McFadden. I said, Larry, what, what, what do you see out there? What's one thing you see that, that challenges you as an evangelist? I'll, I'll never forget, he said, he said, the spirit of cynicism. Hmm. The spirit of cynicism. And I said, Larry, un, un, unpack that for me. And basically what he was saying is the, the lack of confidence. Yeah. And, you know, a, a great coach, regardless of who they're playing, <laughs> it, That's right. they're going into that game <laughs> with, a, with a plan. And they're going into that game believing we, 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 can, we can win that game. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, your, your point, the eternal perspective. I mean, we, we have the book. We, we know who wins. When I think of you, when I think of Second Houston, and I think of the, the impact that you're having, it's a, an incubator of confidence, and not confidence in self, not confidence in, 
intellect or you know whatever, but confidence that our God is bigger than anything in this world. Anything is bizarre, crazy, whatever keeps coming our way. There's nothing bigger than our God. And I love that that's your portrait of a graduate, that your end goal is to create. When our kids, and I'm counting second Houston as my kids too now, right? our kids, when they break the huddle and they go out into the, the, the game of life, um, Obviously, their confidence has to be, their identity has to be in Jesus yes. Christ, but there has to be that confidence that, you know what, I, I can win. Uh, the right. world keeps telling me there's way, way too many, I think, Christian schools and even youth ministries that it's, it's almost like uh, kind of gloom and doom, this world's big. So thank you for yes. having that as a portrait of a graduate and, and, and aspiring and encouraging and inspiring people young people and their parents. Um, it's not easy, but we we win with we Jesus do. Christ. Every time. Amen. Every Amen. time. Uh, one of the things that uh, we're doing uh, with all of the leaders that we talk to and interview is we ask them, what are one, two, three uh, leadership qualities, leadership characteristics that, that they have um, developed, uh, the Lord has developed in them uh, that they now are seeing uh, manifesting uh, that uh, that can speak into other leaders uh, around the country and around the world. So, Dr. Davis, if I could just ask you, I know there's, there's probably uh, many, but um, what, what are some areas that the Lord has really uh, uh, molded uh, you and prepared you, equipped you, any special leadership qualities that you would tell other leaders, here are some areas that, that have really helped me lead uh, in a very practical daily way. Yeah. So I'd talk to you about our uh, components of an ideal team player. Yeah. Uh, they've been so transformative to me as a leader that I've instituted them for our team. And, uh, and at first it starts with humility. You know, do we have the humility to submit to God and yeah. His way? And are we uh, approaching leadership from uh, a, a Christian perspective of servant leadership? We're here to serve other people. And uh, so humility is number one. I think that's critically important for any leader. Second would be, uh, are we hungry? You know, mm -hmm. the, the, the fields are white unto harvest, and it's time for us uh, to get after it, you know, and to uh, seek to... Uh, continually pursue excellence in all that we do. And so if we're humble, we're doing it for God. Uh, we also need to be hungry and pursue it with, with great passion. Uh, and so humble, hungry, and then people smart. How do you work with people? How do you care for people? The two greatest commandments is love God and love others. Yeah. And when you have a true love for others, how are you interacting with them? Are you people smart? Are you able to resolve conflict? Yeah. Are you able to assume the best of people? Uh, and and um, uh, w when they interact with you. Uh, so humble, hungry, people smart, positive. Are you a positive person? Dr. Young uh, you know, tells us all the time, we have the joy of the Lord in us. We need to walk around and minister with a smile on right. our face. Right. And so are we looking at uh, the glass half full or all the way full? 
or are we looking at half empty? You know, there's some there's people that uh, uh, you know are a blessing wherever they go, and there's others that are a blessing whenever they go. We want to be the type of people that are a blessing wherever we go. Yeah. And then and then the fifth uh, one that I've learned is the importance of loyalty. And God talks about standing firm, standing fast in these things, and so. We're not looking for people to be loyal to an individual. Yeah. We hear enough of that. We're loyal to a mission. And uh, Dr. Young is loyal to God. You know, I'm loyal to him. I expect my team to be loyal to me. They have my back. I have their back. That's really important. So, um, you know, leaders that are humble, hunger, hungry, people smart, positive, and loyal yeah. usually are pretty successful in yeah. God's economy and God's kingdom. That's so good. I love the, I mean, especially the foundation, the, the humility. And uh, I think the, some of the greatest words Jesus spoke in Matthew 20, uh, verses 26 through 28 was uh, a Taylor paraphrase here. But uh, <laughs> uh, just if, if, if you want to be great among, uh, among men, get last in the line. That's right. I mean, uh, That's be, right. Be, be humble. Uh, and I think sometimes the world looks at, uh, that uh, characteristic as being weak or whatever, but we know, we know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was not weak. You know, we were talking uh, a little bit earlier about schools of distinction, and uh, and we've talked about this um, off and on for for years. But just we want to be part of schools, and I think Second Baptist is is really really modeling the way here. We want to be schools that uh, that obviously care about the child's eternal destiny. Mm-hmm. Number one, um, that they surrender their life to Christ and and uh, through through a, a humble heart yield to whatever assignment God has for them. Uh, but that assignment could be uh, a million different things. It could. Um, it could be uh, somewhere on Wall Street. Hollywood, um, uh, I was just in Washington, D.C., it could be in D.C., whatever it is, we, we want to be schools that are preparing them all the way for mm-hmm. that assignment so that they are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. I've always said that our kids could have the whole Bible memorized but still strike out in the world. That's right. I mean, obviously rooted in God's Word, but uh, people smart, you, you mentioned people smart, but being ambassadors for Christ, talk to me real quick about the schools of distinction um, that God, that you guys are developing uh, here at Second, uh, where you are um, specifically preparing students for the possibility of certain callings that God has on their life, very specific preparation that they can receive here at Second Houston. Yeah. So coming out of COVID, I mean, the whole world was changing. Uh, and so I challenged our head of upper school, John Conselman, to really look at our high school or upper school experience with fresh eyes. And so there was three things that we were really trying to solve. One, the health, total health, spiritual health, mental health, emotional health of our students, and just all that they were carrying. Our kids are involved in academics, arts, athletics. You know, there's so much on their backs autonomy, uh, back to families, and then choice in mm. education were three things that we were trying to 
uh, address, uh, as we saw were, were unique challenges uh, for students today. So we redesigned our bell schedule uh, to a modified block schedule. We have late starts on uh, Wednesday and Thursday as far as our class periods go, which give families some autonomy over time, how they invest their time. And then uh, we added a number of electives. So we added an extra uh, class period during the day, added a number of elective tracks called Schools of Distinction. And the first one that we launched is the School of Business and Entrepreneurship. And we hired uh, an MBA professor from Rice University to come write our curriculum, teach in the School of Distinction, uh, so kids can apply their liberal arts education to a, a, a discipline that they could be passionate about. So many of our alumni are in business, you know, starting businesses, leading businesses. We also uh, live in the energy capital of the world. We have the medical center right downtown. And so next year we'll be launching School of Sciences. That'll include energy and medicine, followed by uh, School of Law. We found, as we listen to our alumni, that colleges are asking students to make a choice about their career field long before they ever step on campus. And so that requires giving our students opportunities to experience different career fields. Uh, and if they know what they're passionate about, maybe we align them into one career field here so that they can determine, hey, is this how God's designed me? Yeah. And that's what it, it all comes back to our passion statement, to see every one of our students accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's Christ comes first all the time. And then secondly, to equip them to do with excellence the way God has designed them to do. Yeah. And, and that's, you've made that. Every one of our students is uniquely designed for a purpose, and we're trying to help them explore, identify that, and then develop those giftings that God's created them in. But again, it, alignment is so important, and so we feel that what we've done in our upper school is going to give our children and our students just a great opportunity to explore that giftedness develop that giftedness and go on to, from here and do amazing things. It's been such an honor for me uh, to be with uh, a friend, but someone who I think is one of the leading uh, school leaders in, uh, in the United States. Uh, and I, uh, I love the, uh, the, the heart of uh, Dr. Davis. Uh, I love the, the mind of uh, innovation. And I love the reliance on his team. Um, uh, if you if you heard, if he he asked his uh, I think he said your high school principal yeah. to think uh, differently about the the schools of distinction and um, and so we are uh, at ACSI we are all over the world we have so many different um, opportunities uh, we have so many different opportunities uh, last week uh, being in Washington D.C. and a couple weeks ago being in Africa. And thinking about just uh, in Africa right now, um, over uh, over the world, not not just in Africa, but listening to a speaker uh, in Africa talk about, we have 250 million students from age six to 18 hmm. who are not in school. Wow. Think about that, six to 18 years old. 250 million who are not even in school. I think Christian education, the church. That's right. You had it, uh, I think the church and through the discipleship arm 
uh, called Christian schools, we have an opportunity, not just with the kids who aren't in school, but with the kids who are in school to um, develop, um, we, we call them biblically based worldview training centers that we would send out ambassadors for Christ wherever God calls them. Um, and so we have to be committed to excellence in everything. But my challenge uh, to all the uh, leaders uh, that are listening, you might be a trustee, you might be a pastor who's uh, listening to this right now, is to pray and to think how in my community, how in my city, my state, my country, uh, and as we talked about over in Africa, an entire continent, how can we get the 48 million kids in, in Africa in school, but not just in any type of school, in a school that focuses first on their um, heart and on their mind uh, for the glory of Jesus Christ. So uh, thank you for listening today. Um, Dr. Don Davis, Second Houston, uh, thank you for what you're doing. We'll be praying for you, brother. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Appreciate your friendship. Thank you, man. Well, we hope you enjoyed that second and final part of this conversation with Dr. Don Davis. As we go forward, there'll be a variety of school leaders, principals, heads of school that will appear on this podcast as Dr. Larry Taylor gives you a whole bunch of resources, advice, stories, whatever it may be on each of these episodes. One final note, just to kind of emphasize and cement one point that we got from this part of this conversation. I love the idea of Dr. Don Davis talking about being humble and hungry. There are a lot of points in there. Those are just two that I'm selecting out. The humility, knowing that we can't control everything, it's up to God, but the hunger as well, the, the desire to drive forward and to control what you can control, the responsibility you do have, those things in tandem can be very powerful, having humility and hunger at the same time in your role as a Christian school leader. We hope that that or some other part of that conversation was helpful for you and hope you can come back as well. All four of these shows of the ACSI podcast will be coming out once a week, essentially. Listen to them right here, wherever you're listening or watching right now. Again, I'm Josh Warden with ACSI. Thank you so much for watching. Sharpening Kingdom Leaders is a presentation of the Association of Christian Schools International, equipping Christian schools and educators to be stronger together. Learn more at acsi.org.